Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Demimond Paranormal Podcast. Tonight we have a very special episode. It's our Halloween special. So, for tonight's episode, we will be talking about the history of Halloween. From the ancient Samhain celebration or festival from the ancient Celtics to the modern day Halloween festivities that we practice today. Along with other goodies. So I hope you guys enjoy this introduction song. Spooky Scary Skeletons. The original song. Also, before we get started, I want to make one quick little announcement. That next Friday, there will not be a new episode of Demimond Paranormal Podcast. But it will continue the week after. Um, next week, next Friday, I will be out of town. So, our next episode will be postponed for just about a week. So, if that's alright, I'll see you guys in a few days after this episode airs. So, without any further ado, I want to take a quick thank you to... to all of my listeners from all around the world and all around the United States. It's really humbling to see how far Demimon Paranormal has reached in just over a year. So with that being said, let's get started in the history of Halloween. So, before we get started on tonight's actual topic, I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite Halloween movie that's family or kid-friendly? Whether that be Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town, The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, The Corpse Bride, and so on and so forth. Don't Look Under the Bed. I mean, we can keep going, but... Coraline? I mean, there's so many to list. But what is your guys' favorite movie? You would be surprised about how many shirts I've seen with, you know, on, with Sanderson Sisters Coffee Company logos on t-shirts on Amazon. It's just like, my goodness gracious. I mean, the movie Hocus Pocus has been around for so long now. It seems like all of a sudden, it's so cool and hip to like it now. But anyway, before we get off track, let me remind you guys what tonight's podcast is about. Like I said before, obviously, 
It's about the history of Halloween. And before we get started, I have another question for y'all. What's your favorite aspect of Halloween? Is it the candy? Is it the festivities? Is it the the spooky nature? What is it for you? Is it the pumpkin carving? I mean, I have so many favorites. I've got to say, Halloween is probably my favorite holiday alongside Christmas. So, Halloween began with the ancient Celts who lived more than 2,000 years ago. Now, the Celts settled in areas that are to this day, in today's age, known as Ireland in the UK, in northern France, Wales, and Scotland. Halloween's roots lead back all the way to the ancient pagan festival of Samhain. November 1st marked the new year for the Celts. This day meant that it was the end of summer and the harvest. The beginning of the dark, cold winter was about to start. This time of year was associated with human death. The night before the new year, the Celts believed that the veil between the worlds of the living and the world of the dead became blurred and thin. On the night of October 31st, the Celts believed that ghosts returned to the earth, causing trouble and damage to the crops. Now, obviously, this was a concern to the Celts because they relied on the earth for pretty much everything, especially their crops. I mean, it's given nature. You need crops to survive. You need food. Celts believed that the presence of these spirits on earth made it easier for Celtic priests and druids to make predictions about the future. And to commemorate this event, the druids would build huge sacred bonfires where people would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to Celtic deities. So, during this celebration, the Celts wore costumes which were made from animal skins and animal heads. They would also tell each other's fortunes. When all the celebrating was over, the Celts would then relight their hearth fires from the bonfire. Now, previously, their hearth fires were extinguished earlier that evening, but then they would relight them as protection during the winter. And by 43 AD, the Roman Empire conquered most of the Celtic territory, and during the course of 400 years, that the Romans ruled the Celtic lands, there were two festivals of Roman origin that was combined with the traditional celebration of Samhain. One of these festivals was known as Feralia, which was a day 
in late October when Romans would commemorate the passing of the dead. The second, the second festival was named Pomona, which was the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol for the goddess Pomona was an apple. This explains the incorporation of bobbing for apples, which is still practiced today. The 13th of May in 1609 A.D., Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Panthenon in Rome in honor to all Christian martyrs. In this, in this established the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day. It was then Pope Gregory the Third who later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as martyrs and moved the observance day from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, when the influence of Christianity had spread through the Celtic lands, it blended in with olden Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the church made the 2nd of November All Souls Day which was a day to honor the dead. And quick question for y'all. How many of you guys have actually ever celebrated All Souls Day? Today, it's believed that the church was trying to replace the ancient Celtic festival with a more church-sanctioned related holiday. Now, All Saints Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain, with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes. And what the people would do during All Saints Day is that they would dress up like saints, they would dress up like angels, or they would dress up like devils as well. All Saints Day was also called All Hallows or Hallow Mass. The night before Samhain was called All Hallows Eve, and then eventually it was called Halloween. In colonial New England in America, the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited due to strict, rigid Protestant belief systems. In Maryland and other southern colonies, Halloween was, was, was much more accepted and celebrated. In America, as more and more beliefs of, and customs from different ethnic groups meshed with customs of the Native Americans. It gave birth to an American version of Halloween. The first celebration included something called play parties. Now play parties were public events 
held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing. More colonial American Halloween festivities included ghost stories and mischief. By the 19th century, yearly autumn festivals were common, but still Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the U.S. And by the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants, particularly from the Irish, fleeing the Great Irish Potato Famine. Now this helped popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Next, what I'm going to talk about is something called soul cakes. Now, the tradition that's believed to have been the original trick-or-treating is to something called gone a-souling. And this was the handing out of soul cakes. Now, it's believed that the tradition of trick-or-treating has roots that dates back to the time of the early All Souls Day in England. During the festivities, they would hold parades where poor people would beg for food and the rich families who had somebody to pray for, somebody who had passed away or had died, would give the poor families something called a soul cake in return for a favor, and that favor was that the person who had received the soul cake would pray for the soul of their dead loved one. The handing out of soul cakes was encouraged by the church to replace the old practice of leaving out food and wines for souls who roamed the earth. Now, as I said before, this was, at the time, referred to as gone a-souling, or going a-souling. And it was eventually picked up by children who would visit houses in their neighborhood, and they would get, in return, what they would, what they would receive is they would have ale, food, and money. So... To make this little episode a little bit fun and lighthearted, I decided to include a little recipe on how to make these the aforementioned soul cakes that we, that we were just talking about. Now, when I did my research about these, I've noticed that the soul cakes are more like a cookie or a biscuit, as they may refer to them in England or in the UK so right now if you guys like to bake you know stay tuned but if you guys don't like to bake 
go ahead and skip past this part because I'm about to tell you guys how to make soul cakes. So, if you're like me and you like to cook, get ready and write this down. So, this recipe makes about 18 soul cakes or 18 soul cookies because, in my personal opinion, they're definitely more like a cookie than a cake. But maybe back in the day they were more like a cake. I don't know. But this recipe that I looked up said it was the traditional soul cake. So, we're going to go with this one. Alright, so the first thing that you will need is about three-fourths cups of room temperature butter, a cup of white granulated sugar, you would need three egg yolks, about medium size, you would need three in three and five-eighths cups of flour, you would also need two tablespoons Two, ta two teaspoons, sorry, of mixed spice, and the mixed spice would be clove, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger. All equal parts. One part clove, one part cinnamon, one part nutmeg, and one part ginger. You would also need one, one half cups raisins. Six to seven tablespoons of milk and two tablespoons of powdered sugar for dusting. And before, if I said one and one fourth or one and one half cups of raisins, I meant to say a half cup of raisins. Sorry if I said that wrong. But anyway. Once you have all of your ingredients, what you want to do is you want to preheat your oven to 374 Fahrenheit or 190 degrees Celsius. Then you want to get yourself a bowl and blend your sugar and butter together with a mixer. It can be an electric mixer or it can be a hand mixer. Then once your sugar and butter is combined and creamy, you want to add your egg yolks and mix those in. And then you want to sieve flour into the egg, sugar, and butter mixture. And if you don't know what sieving is, it's basically just sifting flour to make it finer and not as clumpy. After you've done that, you want to then sieve your spices on top of your flour. And add all those in. Then you're going to mix all the ingredients well with a spatula. Once you've completed that, you're going to gradually add milk, mixing until the ingredients become a dough. Then transfer the dough into a silicone mat or a surface that is dusted with flour. If you don't have a silicone mat, don't feel bad because neither do I. Then you're going to knead the dough until everything is well incorporated, and you're going to knead the dough with your hands. After doing that, you're going to add your raisins to the dough. 
just add half of your raisins at first, work those into the dough or knead those into the dough, and then add the rest of your raisins and continue to knead those in until incorporated. After you finish that, roll out your dough onto one fourth inches thick or add and then cut the dough into round shaped cut the dough with a round shaped cookie cutter then transfer the cookies into a baking tray lined with parchment paper remember to leave space between them don't let them grow together also cut a cross pattern onto each cookie Just make it with a knife or maybe some type of skewer rod. Then once you're done cutting a cross shape into them, bake the cookies for 15 to 20 minutes until golden brown. Once you've taken them out of the oven and they've cooled, you can, or if you wish, you can powder them with powdered sugar and then you can serve them. So, back onto the Halloween history. The tradition of dressing up in costumes as we do today even on Halloween has both Celtic and European roots. On Halloween, as we mentioned before, it's thought that ghosts come back to roam the earth and people thought back in the day that if they left their homes that they would certainly encounter a ghost. To avoid confrontation with these ghosts, people would leave their homes in a mask after dark so that these spirits would mistake the person for another ghost. To keep the spirits from entering their homes, people would put out bowls of food to appease the ghosts and prevent them from entering their homes. So now we're going to talk about Halloween rituals. And basically what this is, what I've written down here, is basically how the single ladies back in the day would practice or how they would hope to try to catch a peep of their potential husbands or to how they would try to find love. Now, obviously, you're at the mercy of the ancient Celtic spirits to help you with this little voyage, if you will. Because if you weren't on the good side of these spirits, you were left in the dark. 
but I'm going to tell you guys about a few things that they used to do. Back in the day, young ladies would toss apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. They would also peer into a bowl filled with water and egg yolks to try to see their future. In addition to that, they would also stand in a darkened room in front of a mirror with a candle peering over their shoulders for a glimpse of their potential future husband. What's more than that is that on Halloween parties, the first girl or young lady to be the first successful apple barber, the first person to, you know, grab, wrap their teeth around or sink their teeth into an apple, was said to be the first young lady to walk down the aisle and be a new bride. In Scotland, a fortune teller would recommend that a young lady should write the names of her future or her more so her suitors or her love interests. What the fortune teller would tell them is is that they should gather some hazelnuts, however many there were for each guy, and she should name the hazelnut after each man. And on Halloween night, that lady should toss the hazelnuts into the fireplace, and whichever hazelnut burnt to ashes, that represented the lady's future husband. But in, in another tale, it's quite the latter. The hazelnut that either popped or exploded represented that lady's future husband, and the burnt hazelnut that burnt to ashes meant that whoever's name was on that hazelnut, the relationship between the lady and that guy, the love between them was not meant to last. In Ireland, in the 18th century, a matchmaking cook might have buried her own ring in a bowl of mashed potatoes on Halloween night in hopes to find true love when she served the potatoes to whoever found her ring. That was her destined husband. So now we're on to Halloween facts. So did you guys know that in Ireland there is a traditional official Halloween bread? It's called Barmbrack or just Brack. It's a bread that is made with both dark and golden raisins. 
and hidden inside is a toy or a ring. Now this bread is similar to the Mardi Gras cake, the king cake, and tradition indicates that whoever finds this ring or this toy will have good fortune coming in the next year. In Keene, New Hampshire, it holds the record for the most jack-o'-lanterns on display with 30,581 pumpkins lit up around town in October of 2013. Harry Houdini died on Halloween in 1926. Harry Houdini, who is said to have died of a ruptured appendix after being punched in the stomach by a student, with his permission. But according to some, he was actually poisoned by a group of angry spiritualists. Also, if you're visiting Salem, Massachusetts during the month of October, be sure to make to make a reservation with a ghost tour, a ghost walking tour. You can make you can take a tour with candlelit ghostly walking tours and hear many hair-raising tales, especially about the most haunted house in Salem. And did you guys also know that the Monster Mash reached the, nov the number one spot on the Billboard charts on the top 100 in 1962? The Bobby Boris Pickett Jam then reached number one again in 1973 in August of that year. Jack-o'-lanterns were originally from Ireland. They originated in Ireland, but they were also origi originally made out of turnips, potatoes, and beets. When these Irish immigrants came to America, that's when pumpkins became the more suitable choice, the more popular choice. But still to this day, you can make a jack-o'-lantern out of a turnip or a beet or a potato if you wish. I mean, I've seen the way potatoes age once they're cut, and you could probably make a pretty frightening-looking jack-o'-lantern out of a little russet potato or a little red potato. I mean, it would be pretty tiny, but... I mean, hey, here's to creativity. I wonder if anybody's ever tried to make a jack-o'-lantern out of an onion. I don't know why they would try to do that, but people do things all the time.
So on to our next little fact about jack-o'-lanterns. You may have heard of this guy. This is the legend of Stingy Jack, who was an Irishman who tricked the devil after he didn't want to pay for his drink after drinking alcohol with the devil. And in a nutshell, after Jack died, after he bartered another year of his life from the devil, after Jack died, he was not allowed into heaven nor hell because nobody wanted him. So he was doomed to roam the earth carrying a pumpkin, and he went by the name of Jack of the Lantern. And that is why people carve jack-o'-lanterns to this day with scary faces especially to ward off evil spirits So, as we know, black cats were thought to be bad luck, but also they were thought to be bad luck, and they were also thought to be witches that are shapeshifted into black cats. It's basically the same thing with owls as well. Owls were thought to be not just bad omens, but they were also thought to be witches, and if one hears them hoot, that person was doomed to die. Now this bit of folklore is from the Americas, especially the New England American colonial dates. So what associates crows and ravens to Halloween? Well, crows are associated to Halloween due to their due to their carry-on diet. The Celtic, the ancient Celtics associated corvoids with war, death, and the battlefield. And not to mention were probably also associated or made it popular to associate crows and ravens with Halloween time was Edgar Allan Poe's poem The Raven. Now, this led many to believe that this was the connection given to Halloween. And also, in America, did you guys know that around 60, oh no, I'm sorry, around 600 million pounds of candy is set to be sold year-round, especially around Halloween time. But during the week of Halloween, 90 million pounds of chocolate is sold. Can you imagine all that candy? 600 million pounds of candy.
yearly around Halloween time, and then 90 million pounds of chocolate. Jeez Louise. Can you guys imagine, though, also, the Monster Mash making it to the top 100 spot in the middle of summer? I mean, people must have really liked that. So, this brings me to my next bit. What is your favorite horror movie for adults? Really scary movies, I'm talking here. I'm talking like The Exorcist and The Omen. I'm talking Halloween and Friday the 13th, The Conjuring, um, Deliver Us from Evil, all those movies. What is your favorite horror movie that you like to watch around Halloween? You let me know down in the comments. For me personally, I gotta say probably... It is The Conjuring. I can watch that all the time, no matter what time of year. But if I kind of say around Halloween or October at least, I mean, that's a pretty tough, tough choice for me to narrow it down. But, gee, I gotta say, I don't know. I know one that it's more child-friendly that is my favorite to watch around Halloween, and that's probably Sleepy Hollow. The 1999 version with Christina Ritchie and Johnny Depp. I know that's not hor horribly terrifying, but it's probably a, a favorite of mine to watch around this time of year. But you guys let me know what's your favorite movie to watch. What's your favorite book to read? You know, I've got a lot of books about ghosts and hauntings. I've got... The Demonologist, the story of Ed and Lorraine Warren sitting here. I've also got Deliver Us From Evil. If you guys don't know what that is, Deliver Us From Evil was a book. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm calling it the wrong name again. This book is by a former New York cop, and it is called Beware the Night. By Ralph Starchy. And he used to have a TV show. I think it was called The Demon Files. I'm not sure. But look up Ralph Starchy. If you don't know who he is. He was a former police officer. Who now investigates paranormal claims. Really scary paranormal claims. But I have his book here. And it talks about. Demonic possessions and exorcisms. In New York City. So I've got a few scary books that I prefer to read during this time of year. And I think I'm going to leave some questions down on Anchor for my listeners to answer when they're done listening to me ramble about Halloween and spirits and all that good stuff. Also, another question for you guys. What's your favorite candy? Is it Three Musketeers, Reese's, Kit Kats? Milky Ways, Twixes, or maybe it's a bag of chips like me. I always liked getting bags of chips like Doritos and Cheetos and all that good stuff.
But I've got to say, y'all, I really do love Halloween. And that about brings us to the end of tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope I didn't go too off-topic tonight. And I hope I didn't ramble too much. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. You learned something new. And I will see you guys in the outro. Alright y'all, that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me for another episode of Demi Mond Paranormal. And I will see you guys, not next week, but the week after that for an all new episode of Demi Mond Paranormal. I wish you guys sweet dreams. Have a happy and a safe Halloween. If you have little ones, make sure to bring them out for trick-or-treating. And bring home lots and lots of candy and goodies. Happy Halloween, y'all. But as always, stay spooky all year round. And as always, I'm Tori from Demi Mont Paranormal. You can find us on Facebook.com. We're a private paranormal group where we cover all things paranormal and supernatural. That includes ghosts, hauntings, vampires, witches, werewolves, warlocks, fairies, aliens, you name it. Stay safe. Make good choices, be kind to one another, and I'll see you soon. Stay spooky. Good night, y'all. Monster Man.